And for all those that listen on podcast, welcome, and li- uh, welcome to listening to the audio of Rise Up. And again, what we're talking about today is why isn't he listening? So what I'm talking about is when you're talking to him and you don't feel him there. You don't feel that you're having a conversation with him and you don't feel like he's being active in your life. That's very concerning and it hurts because like 2016 through really this year, really this last year, but right up until recently, there's been many times I've asked myself, why isn't he listening? I've asked him, why don't you feel like you're with me? And I felt so distant from God. And when I do, the first thing that I want to do is dive headfirst back into the Bible. So, meaning that when I feel distant from God, I start feeling a lot of problems that I used to have start happening. I start feeling like negative. I start looking at things instead of a positive way. I start looking at things in more of a negative way. I try to shoo people away from me rather than bring people to me. And when I feel like that, I know that it's because I am apart from God. So why do we get there? How do we get there? Why does that happen? Well, outside of just regular everyday temptation by the devil, there is a reason, and we're going to get to it. But right now, let's read from chapter 7. I mean, from verse 7, then we'll go to verse 8, and then we'll close with verse 9. Proverbs 28. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son. Now, the law that we're talking about here is not law in, 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 in um, Israel. It's just God's law, period. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son. But a companion of gluttons shames his father. So that means if you are a friend of gluttonous people who want more for themselves, you're shaming your father. So remember when I told you about walking with Jesus And sooner or later, you're going to have to choose one path or another. You can't walk both feet in the same world. Well, this is kind of referring to that. It's saying, look, if you keep the law and you walk the path of Jesus, that's good. You'll be blessed. You'll listen to God. You'll hear him all the time. He'll be in your life. But a companion of glutton shames his father. And then verse 8 says, one who increases his possessions by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will pity the poor. And then verse 9, one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Mary says all of her shopping this year has been done through LFA TV and my pillow, Eli. That is amazing. And that helps us so much. That helps us so much. Thank you, Mary. Using those promo codes and stuff. Each little bit helps, you know? So, even his prayer is an abomination. Okay. Let's look up the the definition of abomination. Let's find out. Definition of abomination. Here's what it says. A thing that causes disgust or hatred. A feeling of hatred. And other words used 
similar, atrocity, disgrace, horror, obscenity, outrage, curse, and torment. Detestation, loathing, hatred, aversion, antipathy, and revulsion. So, Proverbs 28.9, when it says, even a person's prayer is an abomination if they're actively living in sin and not listening to the law. So that means that those people who want to be closer to Jesus, so let's take me in 2016, okay? When I first decided that I was going to give my life to Christ, And I had that moment on the side of the interstate. That moment lasts for, you know, roughly a day or two. You feel so joyful and like, wow, I just want to give my life to Jesus. But what happens after that initial feeling of Jesus coming into your life? What happens after that? Well, what happens after that is the devil says, you get his attention, right? He's sitting here where, yeah, I'm screwing up everybody's lives. Yeah, look at me. Causing division in people's lives and people's conversations. Causing divisions in people's social media chats, right? This is what I do. La, 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 la. I'm down here in hell working. I'm on earth working, blah, blah. Oh. What was that? What was that? Somebody just give their, somebody just give their life to Christ? And all of hell flips out. It's like in angels in heaven, when you give your life to Christ, there's a party in heaven. Angels, all angels rejoice every time a human soul gives their life to Christ. Well, the, the, the complete opposite happens to all of the devil, the devil's um, uh, minions and, and his, and his um, spirits and his evil spirits and the fallen angels. And they all, they just go nuts. And what they do In the spiritual world, this is what, when it says to you, you're not fighting a battle against flesh and bone, you're fighting a battle against spiritual evil, this is what that's talking about. Mittenhead is wondering where your wedding ring is. Didn't I say that earlier, Eli? I said, oh man, I missed, I forgot my wedding ring this morning. Wedding ring, forgot on the table. Don't worry, I'm sure Sabrina will bring it to me this afternoon, (laughs) as soon as the show is over. Um, So, the devil and, and his armies, as soon as you give your life to Christ, they're coming at you. They're coming at you hard. They want to do everything they can to get you away from what you just did. They don't want to lose a soul, right? And they'll do anything to not lose a damned soul. So then a few days, maybe a day, maybe a week, it depends, everybody's different, but the devil's going to start shooting arrows. Pow, 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 he's going to start coming after you. Well, what happens then, because you've lived your whole life in sin, a newcomer to Christ is so susceptible to falling back into their sin. They're not strong enough yet. They don't have that armor yet. They don't have that heavenly wisdom yet to fight it off like this is nothing, right? That comes after you've been with God for a while. So... Kelmore says, my wedding ring never comes off. Mine does every single night because I swell so much that it starts putting massive pressure on my fingers and starts turning my fingers red at night. It's really odd. So I have to take it off every night, every single night of my life. Weird. And it is weird once you don't put it back on, right? You're like, ugh, it's weird. Um, 
So he's going to come after you. And you're not going to have the tools to fight him off every one of his arrows, right? So what happens is you become susceptible to sin again. And this is why having a church is so important. This is why having a good, family-centered, Bible-based church is so important. Because when you need somebody, because most likely, um, most likely, somebody said, you, it sounds like you need to have your ring sized up. That's not right either, because it'll fall off on other days. So it's just me fluctuating in how much in my weight. That's all. Maybe I should have multiple wedding rings, right? Fat wedding ring and skinny wedding ring. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the, if you have a good Bible-based church, it's really, really imperative because what happens is, or even this show every day is good too, but what happens is most likely you and your best friends and you and your family are not going to find God at the same time. You're just not. You're going to be probably... Outside of being with God, as far as humans go, you're probably going to be on this one alone, right? It's not like me and Eli find God at the same time. and We're like, yeah, we can do this together. We're workout buddies. We can lean on each other. It doesn't happen that way, right? So most likely you've got God. And if you don't have a church, what do you do? In those beginning years or those beginning months or those days after you give your life to Christ. Well, what happens is, is you start being susceptible to sin again. And if you don't have somebody to help you teach you like to, 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 to turn and stay focused on Jesus, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be very hard. I'm not saying it's impossible. Because with Christ, all things are possible. It's going to be very difficult. So you have that help and that support. And you have somebody you can call up, almost like a, uh, a, an, uh, an alcoholic with AA, right? They have a, a sponsor, and they call that spot. Well, you're trying to get off sin. And you can be a heroin addict. You can be an alcoholic, a drug addict. You could be a sexholic, right? A, a nymphomaniac. None of those, none of those dependencies um, on those are stronger than the dependency on sin. When you try to quit sinning or turn from sin, do you know how many people fall off that bandwagon or jump back on the bandwagon, whatever that is? You know how many, you know how many people turn back to drugs? Well, sin is so much worse. Sin, is just, sin happens without you even knowing about it. If you're an alcoholic and you stop drinking, you have to actively go find booze and drink it. If you're a drug addict and you're quitting and you've quit, you have to actively go and find the drugs. You have to find the heroin. You have to find the coke. You have to physically do it. Sinning can happen from the confines of your own couch. So it is so hard. And here's when God does not listen to you. You can want God. You can be, I just, I want to leave this life and I want God so bad. But if you're lying to yourself and lying to him, he's going to know. Meaning this, a part of you wants Christ so bad that you, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I want to give my life to you, Jesus, right? All of heaven rejoices. All of hell freaks out. The devil comes after you. You start slipping into sin more and more again. More and more again. But it's the people 
who don't want to turn from their sin. It's the people who are pretending that they want to leave sin. Maybe they really do, but they have no real intention and no real desire to do it on their own. They just think praying to God is going to do it and it'll help. That'll, that's it. I prayed to God. I want Jesus in my life. I prayed to him. He's not listening. I prayed to him. He's not listening. Let me read something for you. Saved this in my study Bible the other day. God does not listen to our prayers if we intend to go back to our sin as soon as we get off our knees. When we forsake our sin and follow him, however, he willingly listens, no matter how bad our sin has been. What closes his ears is not the depth of our sin, but our secret intention to go back and desire to do it again. God hears our intentions as clearly as he hears our words. So if you say to yourself, I'm going to church today, I'm going to say my Hail Marys. I'm so sorry, Hail Mary, Father of Grace. I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. I can't wait for church to get over because I can't wait to get back to my sin. Soon I'll, I'll, be, I'll be absolved of my sins today. Thank you, Father. Huh? Be absolved of my sins today. Can't wait to get back to the bar tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Do you know anybody like that? Unfortunately, most of us know Christians like that, which is why Christianity has such a bad name, why, which is why people look at Christians and say, you're a hypocrite. Your intentions. See, let's take it back to what Jesus said about adultery. He says, you've heard it said that those who, you know, commit adultery will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But I say to you that those of you who even think about lust or committing adultery, you've already committed adultery with that person in your heart and God knows your intentions. See what I'm saying? So, so many people that I know have the bumper sticker on their car. I'm praying to God all the time, but he doesn't ever help me. He doesn't listen. Well, what's going to happen is if the longer you do that, the more you're going to go away from God and the more you're going to think that he doesn't exist. All because you never truly desired to stop sinning, to turn away from sin. Now, here's the catch 22 for newcomers. You'll never stop sinning. You'll never stop. It's not possible. If it was, you wouldn't need Jesus. That's not turning away from your sin. Turning away from your sin is turning away from your desire to do so. Ashley, we will give prayers for, uh, for uh, Anna. We'll give prayers. We'll give prayers. Hopefully we pray that they find the guidance that they need. 
because when it rains, it pours. And do you know that every time that I've said when it rains, it pours, I was outside of God. I was away from God. I was not walking with God every single time. I actually cannot remember a time that I was walking with Christ and said, wow, when it rains, it pours. I can't catch a break. Because when you're focusing on Christ, that is your break. Nothing else matters. Bad things happen. People get sick. You lose jobs. You lose money. You lose homes. You lose cars. You lose everything. But if you don't lose Jesus, then you never feel like, oh, I can't catch a break. See what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting here trying to think of a time when I've been so incredibly in tune with Jesus. And and bad things happened during those times. But I never thought to myself, wow, I can't catch a break. So when I see people that are constantly struggling and constantly like, I can't catch a break, I question how in tune are you with your walk with Jesus? You know how they say courage is contagious? Well, another thing that's contagious is negativity. Negativity and um, pessimism, that breeds. That truly does breed. Now, I don't know about what she's going through. What I'm saying is the feeling of it. Like she probably is getting hammered with, you know, arrows from the devil. But it's your perspective on how you're getting hammered and what the outcome is going to be. Suffering is not always a result of sin. Satan is the cause of many sufferings. He is. You're 100% right. But again, what I'm talking about is your perception of it, right? Suffering happens. Look at Job. Suffered like crazy. Kept his focus on Jesus. Kept his focus on God. Never once wavered. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody said misery loves company. That's exactly it. And when I say negativity breeds more negativity, um, I'm going to tell you, that is why I don't allow constant negativity in the chat. It isn't about oppressing somebody's views when you see me mute somebody in a chat. I'm open for everybody's views, even if your views are completely different than mine. I don't have a problem with difference of opinion. What I have a problem with and what I will not allow in my life is constant evil and negativity. I just won't allow it. And I won't allow it to fester and grow like a cancer. If it doesn't stop, I remove it from my life. And if something else comes, then I try to remove that from my life. Focus on God always. Always. Because again, perception is reality. And my perception always, I'm going to try to keep, always try to stay focused on God, on Jesus, on God, on Jesus. And that way when I do screw up, I have something to go back to. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a safety net. I have a, not a safety net as in, oh, I can do what I want and I have a safety net. A safety net is I know where to go if I need help. I know where to go if the devil is slinging arrows at me. The closer we get to the Lord, the more the devil tries us. That's true. But again, here's the difference. Without God, when you're not close to him and the devil's trying you, he punches you and it feels like a Charlie horse. When you're with God and the devil's punching you, it feels like a mosquito bite. That's the only thing that I can, that's the only piece of advice that I can give. And the only thing that I know from my own walk with Jesus is I went from getting punched and Charlie horsed 
constantly to getting just some mosquito bites and somebody just annoying me, the devil. Again, that goes back to he only has as much power as, as, you, uh, as you give him, you know? So I have some videos. Yay, it's video time. It's video time. Yeah, it is. I have some videos, and we're going to start with a, let's see, what do we got here? What do we got for videos today? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and on Mondays and Fridays, you know what we like to do? We like to have a little bit of comfort. So here you go. I've had a problem with a student at the local college. Whenever I'm doing an interview and he sees me, he insists on greeting Lucy. She just goes wild with excitement. And he did this during this interview. He's done it four or five times before. He's wrecked other interviews. I know it's spiritual. He doesn't. So I said, grab Lucy and take her away from this interview so you don't disturb it. So he took her away and he disappeared. I thought he had stole my dog. However, something interesting happened that I'll tell you about at the end of the interview. Are you afraid of death? No. It should be. Why? You should always be afraid of that which can kill you. And death is going to kill you. And if you're not afraid of it, you're like someone standing on a freeway with a truck heading for them and saying, I'm not scared. Do you ever get discouraged with life? I have my moments where I may feel a little down about things, but then I always know there's, that there's something good to come. What discourages you most? I guess not knowing something. Does the fact that death is going to rip from your hands everything you love discourage you? No, because I feel like that there's other things besides death. Like, Such as? I just feel like there's other things that will... That... Name something. I can't quite name him, but... Have you heard of King Solomon? Yes. Wisest man to ever live outside of Christ. He achieved everything in life. Mm -hmm. Everything. So rich, so powerful, Mm -hmm. so popular, so wise. And he said, vanity, vanity. Life is like chasing the wind, all because of one thing. Mm -hmm. Death. Ten out of ten die. Do you ever think about life? Are you philosophical? Or do you think, like most people, hedonism is what life is about? You know what hedonism is? Your life is just pleasure. Yeah. Just happiness. That's all there is. You're just happy and you die. Yeah. You're not that superficial. You've got to think deeper than that. You've got to think, why am I going to lose my mum and dad? Yeah. I just feel like you're here. Live it. Enjoy it to the best that you can. And then dead. Have you ever read the Bible? Uh, yes. Yeah, it tells us why we die. It says the wages of sin is death. It says that God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal who's committed murder, but he thinks he's a good person. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious this is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. This is what you've earned. And sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. You're waiting to die. And your death will be evidenced to you that God is deadly serious about sin. So here's the big question. Do you think you're that evil that God is justified in giving you the death sentence? Or are you a good person? I'm a great person. Are you a good person morally? Yes. Okay, how many lies have you told in your life? I've told little lies, I've told. Have you ever taken something that belongs to somebody else, even if it's small, in your whole life? No. Is that one of your little lies? No. I've never stolen anything. Have you ever used God's name in vain? I don't think so. Maybe as a child. You started blaspheming as a child? Oh, oh my, oh my. Would you ever use your mother's name as a cuss word? No. No, because you respect her, is that right? Yes. You don't respect the God that gave your mother. You've taken his holy name 
that godly Jews won't even speak because it's so holy mm -hmm. and used it in place of a cuss word. That's called blasphemy, very serious. Yeah. Okay, we're going in the embarrassing territory for me. <laughs> Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Yeah. Have you ever looked with lust? Well, yes. Okay, appreciate your honesty. <laughs> you want to go back to the stealing one and come clean with that one? Ever taken even a pencil that belongs to another person? Maybe as a child. Yeah, you yeah, started stealing as a child, maybe. like you blasphemed as a child. <laughs> okay, you know what we tend to do? We tend to trivialize sin. Uh -huh. so, uh, it's just little things I stole, just told little lies. Yeah. So here's the summation. This mm -hmm. is your court case on Judgment Day. Please. Uh, she's going to go crazy. He excites her. Sorry to distract you. It's okay. So, yeah, take the dog down there okay. for a minute. Pick okay. her up. Come here. He, yeah, the, Come he talks and I pitch to her and she just goes crazy. <laughs> Make sure you bring her back. Lenice, you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart, who's self-righteous, and self-righteousness is a sin. You're a sinner like the rest of us. Yes, so, I've been forgiven. How are you forgiven? Because I ask God for forgiveness. Is that all you have to do? Yes. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says something completely different. I'll tell you what it is. If you're guilty on Judgment Day, would you go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Why? Because I, when I have done something wrong, I've asked God for forgiveness. And I know in my heart that, you know, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's all right. Take her down there and be quiet for five minutes. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yes. Almost everybody has, mm -hmm. but they haven't heard this. And don't let anything distract you. Boy, we've been distracted. Yeah. Where has he gone with my dog? Oh. I hope he comes back. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. Mm -hmm. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's mm -hmm. what happened on that cross. Yeah. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays them. He'll say, you're guilty, a lot of speeding fines, mm -hmm. but someone's paid him, you can leave. Mm -hmm. And it's legal. Let me say it again so you're not distracted. We, we, Sorry. <laughs> we certainly are being distracted today. Yeah. yeah, if you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. He'll say, you're out of here, and it's legal. Yeah. And God can take the death sentence off you. He can let you live forever legally because of what Jesus did on that cross. Mm -hmm. He can forgive your sins, wash you clean, grant you everlasting life as a free gift, not because you're good, but because he's good and kind and rich in mercy. Yeah. And he provided a savior who died on the cross, rose again on the third day. And if you'll, and oh, he's back with my dog. I'm so pleased. And if you'll simply repent of your sins and trust in Jesus, God will grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Oh. Are you going to think about what we talked about today? I sure am. Can I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? Yes. Okay. Let me grab it for you. Okay. You do love books? Yes. Well, you'll enjoy this one. Let me grab it for you. I really don't know if he was stealing my dog, but one thing I do know is that she got so excited, she scratched his arms horribly, and it so freaked him out, he brought her back, put her back on the bike, knocked the bike over, that was the crash, and I got my dog back. Thank you for looking after my dog. I thought you'd run off with him. Let me tell you about six quality items that contain the gospel that you can give to your loved ones, friends, co-workers and neighbors for Christmas, birthdays or for no real reason. Let me show you real quick. Divine Dining, food from the Bible presented by an award-winning New York chef. And here's the gospel. The Ten Commandments gold coin 
the commandments on one side and the gospel on the other. The Evidence Study Bible, 200 of the most commonly asked questions of the Christian faith, and so much more. The three book series, The Beatles' God and the Bible, Einstein God and the Bible, and Hitler God and the Bible. Fascinating reads. Jake's Fortune, a fast-moving novel that you won't be able to put down. If you don't believe me, check the reviews. Humorous books, 101 of the dumbest things people have done, 101 things husbands do to annoy their wives, and 101 things dogs do to annoy their owners. Again, all these tastefully and yet uncompromisingly present the gospel. And we have devotionals for the new year. Jesus in red, my comfort is Jesus. So I wanted to play that at the end there because I know some people were asking about some of the material that um, that Ray has. And you can go to livingwaters.com, livingwaters.com, and you can get the Evidence Study Bible and all of that. Now, I want to address something. T. Mitchell says, um, T. Mitchell said early, just a little bit ago, um, Jeremy, I love you because you promote, I love you, but because you promote not belonging, it is so wrong. Please stop. It's biblical. Um I'm, and then I said, belonging to what? And she said, saying that sometimes you go to your Baptist church, but you don't belong. Uh, it really promotes people's belief in staying home. Well, I'm not promoting people's belief in staying home. I'm saying that I do not belong as a member to a church. I don't believe in doing that um, myself personally. Now, if you believe in doing that, that's great. Uh, we're still part of our church and our church family. Uh, we donate a lot uh, that we as much as we can to our church and the school to make sure the school runs. We go to church as much as we possibly can. And uh, we I, w- I was in the worship group for the longest time and I was not a member. Um, I don't think becoming a member of a church uh, is right for me and my family, because when you become a member of a lot of churches, not every church, but when you become a member of a lot of churches, then that means you are adopting the denomination as well, and the 100% beliefs of that church. Um, now, they're not, not, that's not like enforced to the point where they're like, you don't believe this one thing, well, you're out. But the elders expect you to be a, uh, you know, a Christian first, obviously, uh, walking with Christ, obviously, but they would expect me to be a member of their Baptist church. And there are things that they do that I do not agree with. Um, so I don't want to become a member of something that I don't agree with. I'm still a member of the body of Christ's church and I'm doing fellowship with other people. Now, if, um, if you feel like being a member of your church is something that's right for you and your family, uh, then hundred percent, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. I just, for me and my family, my wife and I believe that we don't want to be a member officially of any uh, denomination or any one church. Uh, we feel like we're members of Christ. So a lot of people have asked me that, T. Mitchell, and, and don't get me wrong, you're not wrong or right. I'm just, I don't think it's wrong to tell others that we do not, are not a member of our church. So I just wanted to, you know, lay that out there because I don't want anybody to believe, well, I'm a member, is that wrong? No, of course it's not wrong. Not wrong at all. Not wrong at all. Um, and I love people that are members of their churches and, and become a member of a body that, that uh, you know, that does something great. You know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, so I, I've, the only reason I decided I wanted to talk about that was because I've gotten that question a lot, actually. Gotten that question a lot. Um, and there are advantages. Don't get me wrong. There are advantages to being 
a member of a church, advantages for the church body and you and your family. But there are also disadvantages based on where you live, what the church is like, what the pastor's like, what the elders are like, what the denomination is like. Are they really truly heavy on their denomination or are they not? Like every place is different. That's all. That's all. Um, So again, if you're part of a church, great. That's not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing at all. All right. I want to read from Jesus Listens, and then we're going to watch another video. Actually, maybe two videos. And then we'll bounce for the day. Wow, that hour ends fast, especially now that I got a two-hour show. An hour show feels like nothing. You know what I mean? Um, My loving Lord, I delight in hearing you say to me, quote, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I confess that I cannot comprehend your consistency constancy because my mind is ever so human my emotions flicker and falter in the fact or in the face of varying circumstances and it's easy for me to project my fickle feelings onto you exactly what we were talking about today why aren't you listening to me right this keeps me from benefiting fully from your unfailing love Please teach me how to look beyond the flux of circumstances to find you gazing lovingly back at me. Such awareness of your presence strengthens me, helping me become more receptive and responsive to your love. I'm so grateful that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to open up to you more fully, letting your love flow into me continually. My need for you is as constant and as the endless outflow of your love for me. That's what we should be like. And I'll tell you what, if God, if you feel, um, if you feel like God is um, not speaking back to you, it might be because you've not given yourself fully to him yet. It might just be. It might just be that you're secretly desiring to still do that same sin that you apologize for every day. Look, here's the thing. If I disrespect my, my wife every day, and at the end of every day I say, Lord, I'm so sorry for disrespecting my wife, and the next day I do the same thing, and I'm talking about outright disrespect, like maybe calling her names or, or telling her she's worthless or lazy. Not that I do that or have ever done that. But I'm saying if I did that every day and then at the end of the night said, Lord, Please, please forgive me. And then the next day, get up and do it again. Lord, please forgive me. And the next day, get up and do it again. Lord, please forgive me. And the next day, get up and do it again. That's what I'm talking about. He's not going to listen to you. He's not going to talk to you. He's not going to have a relationship with him. Okay? Why would anybody? He'll always be there for you. Always. But why would he have a conversation with you if he knows your intent and he knows you have zero desire to actually want to stop? You can't just for a few minutes feel bad for something like a narcissist and go, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. And then go back to doing it again the next day, every day. That's wrong. That's what I'm talking about. All right. I got a, uh, I got a great little video to show you here. This is wonderful, actually. Saw this last night. Actually, no. Saw this last night or this morning. I don't know. Now that I'm getting up even earlier because, you know, I have a two-hour show to get ready for now instead of a one-hour, it's all starting to mix up. But anyway, put this on the screen. Uh, this kid singing the names of God. It really is beautiful. Oh, we sing Adonai El Shaddai. 
So what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. What a beautiful song. Wow. And uh, and I'm seeing people talk about memberships in here, and and somebody was right. Somebody said something about belonging and 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 you know working together to advance the the word of God in your church, and then um, having authority in your church as well. Um, I don't want authority in my church unless God wants me to have authority in my church. Right? I mean, rise up for me is my everyday church, um, and I rely on the Holy Spirit as my pastor. I'm not a pastor, um, and I don't want any authority in my church. I don't want to even vote on anything in the church that I go to. I don't want to do that. That doesn't make me wrong or right, and it doesn't make the people that want to do that wrong. It's right to want to do that. I don't want to. That's all I'm saying, and I don't want to mainly because God hasn't really pushed it on my heart to do so yet. So maybe there's something that God wants me and my family to do or myself before I do that. I don't know. Maybe I will someday. Again, I don't, I, there's, I don't have anything um, against it at all. I just haven't gotten there yet, basically. And I don't see the reason to yet. Doesn't mean I won't see the reason to later. Everybody's at a different walk in their journey of, uh, with God. You know what I mean? That's where, that is where um, that is where we are with joining a church. And again, I could be a member of a non-denominational church too. That would be great. You know, I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to misconstrue what, why I'm, why we're not members of a church. Uh, because we think it's great. I think it's great that people are. It's not for us yet. That's all. Anyway, folks, we're going to end it here, but we're going to, you know what? People love that song so much. Let's end it the same way we started. Let's end it with some um, Little Drummer Boy music again, right? Because it's such a great song by King and Country, and I'm probably not going to play it again. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here on Rise Up. God bless each and every one of you. Mike Crispy and Unafraid, not Sean Farish and Ungoverned, comes up next, followed by two hours of Live from America. Sean Ferris has moved to 5 p.m. where he was on Friday night, and it worked out very well. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Remember, if there's a reason why you don't feel like he's listening, there might be a reason. It looks like it's Julie Green's birthday. Happy birthday to Julie Green. God bless her and her family, ladies and gentlemen, and God bless each and every one of you. Get yourself in the Word. Uh, become part of a Bible-based church, being a, being a part of a church whether you're a member or not, but just being there, fellowship, working to advance the, 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 the gospel, it's a great thing, and there's actually nothing better. So God bless you guys. Have a great, great morning, king and country. Roll it.
Christmas, CMA Country Christmas. A newborn king to see, power on the bum bum. Our finest gifts we bring, power on the bum bum. To lay before the king, power on the bum bum. Rumble bum bum. So to honor him, power on the bone. Come on, LFA, you know what to do. When we See you later. Be my drone. Be 